Welcome to Guilt Free Pleasures, where Frank and Bill make you feel good about the music you like. Yeah, uh, Guilt Free Pleasures is a podcast where we discuss uh, different songs or pop culture references, um, things that you might feel a little bit guilty or ashamed for liking, but we're here to tell you that it's okay. That's right. It's all right to like these songs. That's right. No matter what you were told when you were in high school, when you showed up in your Phil Collins shirt, or you uh, sang out loud to a song that turns out wasn't as cool as you hoped it would be. Oh, no. Any song that I sang out loud was never as cool as I had hoped it would be. The great part is it immediately, really, this is really about us. Yeah. We no, immediately come is, back to this. This this is basically yeah. a therapy session for uh, Bill and myself. That's where, right. It's a cheaper we version. Our, our, our issues of uh, uh, being incredibly unpopular in high school. That's right. But you know what? It's turned around because, are you ready for this one? It's because we never surrendered. That's right. This is a great, uh, great little segue, a little... Uh, uh, introduction into our topic today, which is Corey Hart's Never Surrender. Just a little more time is all we're asking for. Cause just a little more time could open. Song that came out in 1985. So we would have been at, uh, how old are we? It's uh, eight years old when it came out. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, so the song comes out in 80, uh, 85. I don't remember hearing it as an eight-year-old, but I do remember it playing a very big part in my, uh, in my childhood growing up. Um, the very first tape I got, uh, other than some, like, uh, uh, Muppets tape or something like that. Uh, the first music that I really listened to was Corey Hart. I got a, a tape from my aunt at Christmas one year, um, which was Corey Hart's first defense, uh, his very first album. So automatically I was the largest Corey Hart fan in the world. I actually even had a poster of him in my bedroom, which looking back at it was a, was a little bit, a little bit creepy because it just, uh, hung above, above my, uh, like at, at the head of my bed there it is uh yeah looking back there's uh well that would certainly trigger possibly some nightmares if yeah. i combine it with the first defense video uh sunglasses at night yeah we were going through actually that this was uh you know when i uh go online and look up cory hart they call him a one-hit wonder when they talk about sunglasses at night now, you and I are, of course, fans. Yes. And yeah. the original title of this, which it still might be, is the Corey Hart Appreciation Night. Yeah. But I uh, I feel like, uh, you know, Sunglasses at Night is a good tune, and it was the sort of hummable thing. When I was eight, I knew that song for sure. Like, that was, yeah. uh, that was a big part of um, my childhood. Like, just, we talked about that song all the time. So, this song that we're about to talk about never registered because I was too young. But um, strangely, the first offense uh, and Sunglass at Night were the thing that I remembered, and they call this the one-hit wonder song. But Never Surrender was actually more popular when it came out. Yeah, uh, Never Surrender uh, was his highest-charting song in the United States. Right. Uh, it was a, a platinum uh, 
reached platinum status in, in Canada. Um, so yeah, this is a, yeah, he's definitely not a one hit wonder, although, um, uh, sunglasses at night is the one that is remembered mostly for its, uh, pop culture references because, uh, of a French Canadian dude wearing sunglasses at night, which that's really doesn't make any sense unless, I don't know, maybe in Montreal, it was a thing in the eighties. Well, this is the thing. So I'm, um, you know, here at Guilt Free Pleasures, we're, uh, we're positive people, and so I don't want this to sound negative. Mm-hmm. But a friend of mine, and he's got a PhD, so I guess that means whatever his opinion is on anything. Yep. Even though it's uh, you know, not in this topic area. He said, listening to Boy in the Box, which is where Never Surrender was in, he said, I can tell that this is written by a French-Canadian. Yeah. Because the lyrics don't quite work. It's almost as though they're transliterated. <laughs> And so, sunglasses at night, and even parts of Never Surrender, um, when we get to that, certainly sound kind of odd. Yeah. So, I think uh, it's like reading Joseph Conrad, maybe, where you're like, okay, so this is someone who speaks Polish, and then learned French, and then learned English. I'm going deep there. Yeah, that's... uh, Heart of Darkness. Yeah, this is... is, uh, um... I was not expecting a Joseph no, Conrad no, I, as a refer- reference here yeah. today. Actually, I'm here to talk Joseph Conrad. Yeah. <laughs> so this is not the heart of darkness of pop music. This is as positive. I mean, this song, I, I don't know. This is as positive as it gets, I think. I think so, too. It's a, it's a very uh, it's a very uplifting song. It's it's about, well, I mean, listen to the lyrics. It's, it's about perseverance. It's about uh, enduring and... Uh, and never giving up, well, never surrendering, right? So, yeah. Um, and uh, uh, I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later, too, but uh, he re released this song uh, just this year with new lyrics. Uh, you can't see that I'm doing air quotes for the new lyrics because it's uh, essentially just the same lyrics. He just added a couple of uh, couple new words in there, here and there. But uh, um, in uh, in response to the, uh, to the COVID, uh, um, crisis that we're all um uh enduring at the moment and is just you know don't give up never surrender like you know there's a uh there's a light at the end of the tunnel yeah and uh, i see you holding back that metallica reference which i appreciate <laughs> and it, there's it still holds true so this was written this came out in 85 mm-hmm. so now we are 25 35 years later. 35 years 35 later. 35 years yeah. later. I am older than I realized. And, then, yeah. and now we are. Um, song still works. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So it's a, it's something that uh, it definitely holds up uh, uh, over time. Um, lyrically, yes. Musically, it's, uh, it, it exists in, in this sort of weird time bubble mm-hmm. if you want to call it that of, of the mid 80s it is a it is definitely an 80s power ballad um which is uh experience or, or you can uh understand that when you hear the sax solo that oh uh, yeah, comes yeah, yeah. This. it's a which is a staple perfect but it perfectly arrives and i uh, i can't i'm i love sax solos Yes, as I'm choking up here, just thinking about it. <laughs> but it comes at such a perfect time. Never 
but that does sort of like give you that moment of like, yep, this is an 80s tune. Yes. Not one of those modern tunes trying to be an 80s tune. It is an 80s tune. Yep. Just being itself. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, but this, uh, it exists in sort of that mid 80s. So before the, uh, the hard rock bands were putting out, uh, a lot of power ballads, which, you know, you have your, uh, have your searing guitar solos in, um, but the, the driving emotive sort of uh, uh, instrument was that saxophone, that sax solo that uh, just sort of like, you know, really hit home, really brought everything home there for you. Yeah. And I I was listening to it today on the way over to the uh, Je- Guilfrey Podcast Pleasures studio <laughs> <laughs> that we're in here. Um, in the shed in my backyard. That's yeah. right. That's right. And I uh, was thinking about the different types of instruments that were, I was hearing. And so I remember thinking, okay, there's, I think that's a, there's a guitar there. Oh, there's a synth. Oh, there's a sax. And so I was trying to think about how this got produced in the studio. And because I'm pretty sure Corey Hart's got a big part in all of this, which I uh, over the years I've come to appreciate. Early on, I just thought he was just a singer and yeah. almost like a product of some sort of machine. Yeah, but the more research I've done into this um, has demonstrated uh, or shown me that he knows exactly what he's doing. Oh yeah, he wrote the song. I think he was he must have co-produced it. Is my guess? Yeah, he did co-produce it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, uh, but he wrote the majority of his own uh, uh, of his own music. That's right. And actually, uh, when he wasn't recording, so his last sort of big studio album came out in 95 i think it was yeah um or 96 that's right uh jade i believe well that was one of the songs on it right was it called jade no um maybe maybe that that may have been even previous to that but like he like earned his keep by uh writing songs for people he's He's a prolific songwriter. Yeah. And well, he made the big money on uh, Celine Dion's Let's Talk About Love, I think, where he wrote Miles to Go Before I Sleep, which will probably be an episode. Oh, probably, yeah. Uh, well, if, if it's referenced in a uh, in a previous podcast, there's almost a guarantee that that will have an episode right. on that's it. That's right. Although I know very little about that song. So I know it. far too much <laughs> about that song. Um, so full disclosure... We are actually big Corey Hart fans. Well, yeah. actually, that's not really a disclosure because that's why we're doing this. No, exactly. This I, is not, uh, it's not something that we uh, really keep secret here. No, and there's nothing to uh, mock about Corey Hart. Like I, re- I really like Corey Hart. Yeah. And I really like his earnest uh, way that he meets his fans in terms of what he does all online like he could write things he'll respond to you yeah he's apparently from what i if i can if i got this correct he's one of the few performing artists that has a fan base that's hearing impaired oh really he makes sure his concerts have um sort of cues for people who are hearing impaired in terms of like i think there's people who are there he'll have someone who's signing Something like that. Okay. I've never heard of that before. Never, yeah. But no. he's got um, everything I've seen and then going online and looking at how he interacts with fans. And the fans are like us. They're just normal people. And he's so positive that it just 
it's it's like I I can't even just I don't know he, he exists I can't get the words out he <laughs> exists in some other plane where yeah you know Brian Adams would be the other one I think about of, of the era there was Corey Hart and Brian yeah. Adams those are our Canadian singer songwriters yeah and to and a lesser extent the the Tom Cochran's the Tom yeah sure he's in the we're all in the big leagues here yeah but the uh, <laughs> I feel like Corey Hart got passed over they act yeah. like it but he actually didn't get passed over he chose to um take a break so he could raise his family that's right yeah and and his wife i think i believe her name is julie massey uh that he uh that he's he's with right now and they've been together for like 20 or 30 years i think and they're like um they've raised their kids he's I, he lives in bahamas oh, okay um but everything I've seen is like, oh, this is like actually a good moral person. Yeah. And that's where I like that throws me off is like he's he's uh, sort of beat the uh, the stereotype that yeah. goes with that. And yeah. So um, he wrote a biography that I'm now quoting out of an interview I saw. But I mean, his like his life was way more crazy yeah. Every, yeah. And so um, I know there's like parental issues, I think. And I feel like uh, when, when Corey Hart joins us here, he might not be happy. I'm just trying to talk without having read his biography, <laughs> but uh, autobiography. Yeah. But his mother is like a huge, huge influence in his life. Oh, okay. And, and from everything I gather, like fantastic. So let me just read for you because I'm landing this plane that's going to bring us back to never surrender yeah <laughs> so in uh, 2012 he had an interview where he said uh the inspiration for this song never surrender was his mother um with the ethic of never quitting on yourself or your dreams no matter how challenging or daunting so shout out to moms out there yeah. from Corey hart he also was thinking of a famous british prime minister frank I'm going to give you uh, three choices. Winston Churchill. Oh, okay. Forget. You just won. That's great. Other than Boris Johnson, I don't know any other uh, That's right. British it prime ministers. Reading many biographies on his life, he used the expression never surrender during the dark days of the Nazi attacks on Great Britain as a motivating inspiration for his countrymen. So that's where the never surrender comes from. Yeah. So there you go. That's what I've uh, read on. That was my research today. And also Triumph had a song called Never Surrender two years earlier. Totally unrelated. Yeah. Well, that was uh, digging into my uh, doing my research on this. The B-side to the Never Surrender single was uh, Water from the Moon, which is also a Celine Dion song, but different songs. Oh, no way. Oh. Just the just the same. If you're talking about Triumph having a song called yeah. "Never Surrender," uh, Corey Hart and Celine Dion both have different songs titled "Water from the Moon." I would like to do a full um, therapy session just on you knowing that <laughs> detail. <laughs> Not guilty pleasure, but maybe our a sister podcast. Yeah. Um, but uh, "Never Surrender." So back to the tune. Yeah. Uh, what I what struck me from it. Uh, just listening to it is that I don't know how I would hum it to somebody who hadn't heard it. Yeah, uh, no, it's it's uh... that's really odd to me. But also, even though I don't have a, like a humming sort of pop melody thing that I can do, 
the song like still affects me. Yeah. And I feel like when I listen to it more earnestly, if I can reuse that term, maybe five or six years. No, wait, it's gotta be longer. Ten years ago, fifteen years ago, and it, even though it's from 1985 and it belongs in a time, it still gave me hope and immediately applied it to my own sort of whatever the situation was. I don't even remember what it was, but I have a feeling I never surrendered yeah. whatever it was that was dragging me down. And that's how you ended up with that restraining order. <laughs> that's right. Thank you. That's good. Yes. I'm going to move away from the mic. And I'll let you uh, take this next part. Yeah, full disclosure, Bill has never had a restraining order. This is uh, this is what we in the business call a joke. Uh, it's a very poor one, but it's uh, a joke nonetheless. Um, yeah. So going back to to the song and how we how we came about it, and I talked earlier about my aunt who gave me a uh, Corey Hart tape at first defense, and then, like I said, I was I was. Uh, Right then and there, I was a diehard uh, Corey Hart fan because I was, you know, you always remember your first. You remember your first, uh, like, uh, uh, musical tape, the the one that, that you really uh, um, sort of brings you out from, from childhood into sort of your adolescence or, or whatever and, and, and your musical tastes and, and whatnot. So then I had first offense, so I had to buy a Boy in the Box and then in the box has uh, um, never surrender on it and it's the album is a more mature sort of follow-up to um, to first defense and it, particularly this song and like we said it was his, it was his highest uh, highest um, charting song um, it's um, definitely not a uh, um, uh, puts a puts Corey Hart past that one hit wonder um, with that sophomore album, which uh, is better than the first, which, yeah. uh, which is a, um, you know, you always have that sophomore slump. You, you have that album that comes out that's the big one. And then how do you follow that up? And Corey Hart did a great job with Boy in the Box, I think. And I think Boy in the Box is the one he it would be tough to get over. That's That was the big one. And yeah. so, um, I mean, just talking the album in general has a huge bunch of tunes in there this is why i mean we'll fight to the death and never surrender uh about core Hart not being a one-hit wonder yeah but this tune um the album everything about it is is huge i it's, it's tough to know how to talk about this tune without being too not maudlin but it's just so positive yeah well, let's let's go. Let's look at the lyrics here a little bit. Um, it, it it's just it's all about um, well, uh, yeah, never surrendering, right? never giving up, always having a hope, right? Uh, uh, just a little more time is all we're at. The, the, this is how it opens. This just a little more time is all we're asking for. Just a little more time could open closing doors. Uh, just a little uncertainty can break you. It can bring you down, and, and nobody wants to know you uh, now. Um, and nobody wants to show you how. Um, so if you're lost and on your own, you can never surrender. And if, uh, if your path won't lead you home, you can never surrender. Uh, and when it's, uh, when the no, uh, sorry, when the night is cold and dark, you can see, you can see light because no one can take away your right to fight, to never surrender. Just a little uncertainty can bring you down. 
something out of a rocky movie it's so positive also there's moments when i'm reading I'm like i don't really know what he's getting at but when yeah. i hear the song i immediately like yeah yeah i i know what this feels the i know what this feels like even though you know uh and uh kudos to you for not singing there you must yeah. have held back oh yeah time. i was uh I'm, I'm sweating from uh from not being able to sing that. The next lines were, With a little perseverance, you can get things done without the blind adherence that has conquered some. And that, I don't... I gotta take some time to think about what the blind adherence is that conquers people. And to me, it's like, it's good wordplay. Yeah. But I'm not sure what he means. Yeah. But when I hear the song, I immediately get a sense of what he means. I think, and I think he knows what he means. And if he was here, and we want to uh, let yeah. Corey Hart know he's welcome here anytime. I would like to think that Corey Hart is one of our listeners for sure. And and so um, I love to sit and work through it. But I know whatever it is he means here. What happened in the production was it. Get, I guess it would go beyond the lyrics. Uh, you have the title, you have the sound, and it all fits together for me anyways. We're like, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with this. I'm ready yeah. to carry on another day. Yeah. Well when when we get him on the when we get him on the show, we'll have a follow up to, to this podcast. We'll 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 talk about this song. I like to think that he's one of our listeners, but I like to think that he's humble enough that he wouldn't listen to a podcast about himself. Yeah, I don't think he would. I have this, like, he's uh, at least reading those um, interviews with him. And like, oh, no, he hasn't been hindered by the negativity that sort of yes. surrounded the way pe- some have written about him. At least I've, I mean, when I see it, I mean, I also do the same. I stop reading because I don't want to hear negative things about Corey Hart. Yeah, no, no one does. Um Things that are true, a little trivia, a little aside here, is that he was asked to try out for Back to the Future. That's right. He yep. was. And it, but he, I mean, it didn't go very far. Eric Stoltz got the role. Yeah. You knew that, huh? Yes. Yeah. And, and then ultimately was let go and the role went to uh, uh, another Canadian, Michael J. Fox. That's right. And so, but it was pretty, so Corey Hart at the time, um, he was the main Corey of the three big Corys. Yeah. If I can also throw those in there. But uh, it seems that like that sort of fame passed him by. Yeah. But I feel like that probably was uh, a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably for the best. Yeah. And I am put out. I mean, this is Corey Hart. So I know we're supposed to be talking about Never Surrender, but the Corey Hart self-titled album. That was that came yeah, out later. Yeah, that, that was the the nine the album in ninety six. Oh, was uh, it? Okay, yes, that's right. That's ninety six, and there was yeah. So that was like his penultimate album. Yeah, there's another one after Third of June, which is a great song. Oh, it's great. Yeah, the whole album was good, and another album that proves he's a fantastic artist, and also just I I got I, I keep going back, but he's so morally centered. Yeah, that I feel like there's something about him that I'm like he's so likable. 
Yeah. So when I look at Never Surrender, he's young, he's idealistic, he's reading Sir Winston Churchill, and of course, I think when we read Sir Winston Churchill, it's like, yeah, I think I'm a pacifist, but yeah, you gotta stand up, never surrender, and all these sort of questions that might come up with being in our postmodern times and dealing with war or whatever, but this sort of term of never surrender, I'm like, no, I'm with that, I'm with that, I can carry with that, and... What's the word? I can track with what he's throwing yeah. down. Even though I don't totally understand what the song's talking about. Yeah. Well, the blind adherence thing, again, that's the lyric. Yeah. Read. What, yeah. what am I blind? So people are blindly adhering. I think maybe it's just like they're just sort of not thinking about they're just accepting and going with the going with the flow. So, right. Or, uh, you know, bad things are going going on with their life and they're just accepting it as uh, just, you know, giving up and, and accepting it when, you know, you don't have to. You can never surrender. With a little perseverance, you can get things done. Without a blind adherence that has conquered some. And I'll put the line that uh, when the night is cold and dark, and then I had to read lyrics to this. The night is cold and dark. You can see light. It's like, oh, that's that actually. So forget all the comments they said about not getting the verses. This is the eighties. I yeah. just got to get the chorus. Yeah, is this yeah. the chorus? Wait a uh, second. Actually, the chorus is just never surrender. Oh, yeah, that, that 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 goes. That's um, that's at the beginning of the. Of the chorus. Okay, I'm all over the place. Uh, it's, it's part of the chorus, this. I believe. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. But, they, but, but it, it's reminiscent of um, uh, Bruce Coburn's Lovers in a Dangerous Time. You got to kick at the darkness till it bleeds daylight. Frank, you just beat me to the punch. That's fantastic. That is exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. This is uh, the idea of seeing the light in the dark mm-hmm. is like a, a near positive biblically like uh, understanding of life. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I was going. I was going to talk about the book of Revelation, but I realized <laughs> I don't know as much as I wish I knew about all these things. Yeah. <laughs> and if we can go full circle to the to the first time that, uh, you know, we referenced the light at the end of the tunnel, Metallica's No Leaf Clover. It's, uh, right. When you see the light at the end of the tunnel, it's just a freight train coming your way. Yeah. Corey which is, Hart would deny that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Corey Hart would be the uh, anti-Metallica. That's right. And Bruce Colbert well, would be the freight course. train because he would kick at the darkness. Yeah. We're, I don't know, no, we're going way out there. Or, you know, hit it with a rocket launcher. Yes. And then Corey Hart would be observing it because he can see light. They're all in the same universe, Frank. Yeah, it's the it's the Canadian musician universe. Not that Metallica's Canadian, right. but... Uh, yeah. They've been... Yeah, they've been here. That's so it. So I feel like that line there is enough to say, um, you know, keep pushing on. And so with the, I mean, we come back to the seeming guilt-free pleasures that we're really working through for us, the songs we loved in high school. Yeah. Even though those songs are about 10 years older than where we were at. Yeah. But we we're already there. These are songs you roller skate to and people still roller skated. Yeah, and this is where it's like things aren't working out for you, but you keep pushing forward. Which I gotta put back. I look on Facebook and the Corey Hart sort of site. 
these the the people all talk about this tune and he responds to them and he seems to know the people i i'm amazed i feel like i really need to reach out to Corey on this yeah well maybe the stereotype is true you know when people ask you know you're from canada do you know so-and-so Corey hart's from canada he knows everyone he does he perpetuates the stereotype oh and uh, if we can Make this even more personal. I don't know if we could, but <laughs> we were supposed to see Corey Hart was it last right. year. Yeah, but um, my wife had it had a singing gig, and so I had to stay home and babysit. Was it babysitting when you're a parent? Uh, that's a good. Like point. You, you got paid more. I had, you didn't get paid the two dollars an hour. That's right. So. so I had to parent that night. Yeah, right. And so we missed out. Although I was looking at the set list. I wasn't quite sure. He does does a lot of covers. He's covered Viva La Vida as one of his like key songs. Where I was, I was looking through his catalog, and I, I could have put in some Corey Hart originals there. Yeah. I didn't put this out, Corey. Uh, if you're listening, uh, when you're listening to this, you I we're good with you just doing originals. Your work yep. is good enough to stand on its own. Well, he has a, has a great catalog. Of, oh, of, of no music, doubt. So. So we would love to hear more of it. And I hear he's going on concert. Uh, we're going in, uh, going on tour. tour. That's what I'm trying to say. But uh, your wife's a musician. She's right? a musician. So you I should... think you would know these terms. Yeah, I know. But uh, the pandemic, I don't know. We'll see, Corey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully um, when he does that, uh, you don't have to parent that night. And, uh, and we can, uh, we can go out and, uh, and have a, uh, Corey Hart appreciation nights uh, at one of his concerts. Yeah, maybe sneak in a recording device. So, wait a sec, that'd be illegal. Do, do people still no like no? I think I think they do okay. We could do a live show from Corey yeah. Hart. Yeah, yeah. Oh, by the time that happens, we're we're, we're going to be huge because of you, listeners. Yeah, we're listening to this right now. That's right. Well, I feel like that's uh, what I. I I love this tune. I feel like I don't have a lot to say about it, although I have a lot to feel about it. Yeah. But yeah. sometimes it's hard to get the feelings out. Yeah. So we're uh, we're just going to play it out at the uh, at the end here and uh, just sit back and uh, just never surrender. Never surrender.